Now it's time to think and discern. This is Bob Bernie Live. It is six minutes after the top of the hour. And you are listening to Bob Bernie Live and uh, the Don Crow Show. And no, I'm not Don Crow, but I'm uh, hosting the Don Crow Show today because Don is away from the microphone. And so I am delighted to have the opportunity to speak to our friends in Washington, D.C. on WAVA 105.1 FM, as well as my audience in Columbus, Ohio, on The Word, AM 880 and 104.5 FM. Welcome, and thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me. I believe that Don Crow will be back on the air tomorrow, of course, Lord willing. This is live radio. But uh, those of you in Washington, D.C., I believe you will be able to welcome Don back tomorrow. And I know you'll be thrilled to have Don back. I Just for a few moments, uh, we'll leave behind the election. A uh, lot to say, a lot to digest about the election. Uh, Republicans, Republicans have some serious planning, organizing, and strategizing to do. And I'm telling you, they better get their act together. They better get united. They can't attack each other. They can't call each other's names. And, well, I'll leave it at that. Um, If there is hope for a Republican in the White House uh, or a change in the Senate or continued control of the House in the uh, 2024 election, they, they better get they better get their act together, determine how to communicate their vision better than how they're communicating it now. Now, I said I was going to leave the election, but I'm sorry, I just, I I can't resist mentioning, when you look at the state of America today, the economy, inflation, our place in the world, what's going on in Ukraine, what's going on in China, what's going on in Iraq, what's going on in Saudi Arabia, Uh, when you look around and look at the America of today contrasted with the America of three years ago, four years ago, it is absolutely hard to fathom that there was not a huge red wave. But there wasn't. It didn't materialize. Um, So anyway, and I will leave it at that. Hey, Here's uh, some updates I want to pass along. Uh, I would assume that Don Crow has covered this. I have, and it is the case of the organization called Camp Constitution. Some of you are going, hmm, I remember that way, Camp Constitution. Where did I hear that? Uh, The city of Boston has had a longstanding policy of allowing private organizations to fly their flag above City Hall. Uh, They do it usually for one day to honor, you know, St. Patrick's Day, 
uh, this day, that day, this company, this organization. Uh, The gay pride flag has flown on many occasions over the uh, City Hall in Boston. Uh, Black Lives Matter, their flag has flown. In fact, well over a hundred different and diverse organizations, including some religious organizations. Uh, The Muslim flag, you know, the crescent, uh, that has flown over City Hall in Boston. Well, uh, let's see. It's been a a few years ago. An organization called Camp Constitution— They are a Christian civic organization in the Boston area. They requested to fly the Christian flag for one day over City Hall in the city of Boston since they allowed almost everybody else. The city of Boston said, oh, no, 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 no. That's got a cross on it. And crosses are offensive. No, no, we cannot allow you to fly the Christian flag over the city hall in Boston. Of course not. Well, instead of turning their tail and running, uh, Camp Constitution sued. And it's been winding in and out of the courts, lower courts. Most of the lower courts ruled in favor of, of the city of Boston. Oh, yeah, separation of church and state. And, you know, people could be offended by that Christian flag because it's got a cross on. Well, it finally made its way to the Supreme Court back in May. Uh, Remember? Does that refresh your memory? Back in May, the Supreme Court, in a very, very rare religious freedom case, ruled... Nine to zero. How many times you see the Supreme Court rule unanimously on anything, particularly on religious liberty? Back in May, they ruled in favor of Camp Constitution with a unanimous nine to zero. Well, today we are learning that the city of Boston has agreed to pay two point one million dollars to take care of legal fees, etc., in this case, and the Christian flag will be allowed to fly above City Hall one day a year, as with other cases. Uh, Liberty Council founder Matt Staver said this, quote, We are pleased that after five years of litigation— and a unanimous victory at the U.S. Supreme Court, we joined with Camp Constitution's Hal Shirtleft to finally let freedom fly in Boston, the cradle of liberty. The uh, unanimous opinion was, uh, or the majority opinion, was written by Justice Stephen Breyer, and he said this, The city did not deny a single request to raise a flag until... Camp Constitution made their request. Uh, Common sense? Breyer went on. For the foregoing reasons, we conclude that Boston's flag-raising program does not express government speech. As a result, the city's refusal to let Camp Constitution fly their flag based on a religious viewpoint 
violated the free speech clause of the First Amendment. Quoting a 2001 Supreme Court opinion, Breyer wrote, When a government does not speak for itself, it may not exclude speech based on religious viewpoint. Doing so constitutes impermissible viewpoint discrimination. Good for Camp Constitution. Good for Liberty Council. I started to say good for the city of Boston and agreeing to pay $2.1 million. Nah, not good for them because they didn't do it until they were forced to do it. But uh, the good guys do do win occasionally. I am so pleased that they did not run and hide. They stood up for their constitutional rights and were vindicated in doing so. May their tribe increase. Today's news, God's Word, and your thoughts. This is Bob Bernie Live. Would would you be a part of a sport where the players paid no attention to the rules? And just basically say, hey, we don't care about the rules. We're going to do whatever we want to do. Would you participate in that? Would you watch? Would you play? Uh, many of you, you know, you you play sports, uh, you know, not on the professional level, but, you know, church league, uh, rec league, or whatever. Would, would you be a part of an organization, a sports organization, basketball, football, baseball, soccer, rugby, where the players said, we're going to make up our own rules as we go. Would you? Would you? I don't know of anybody who would do that. Uh, Would you want a culture or a society where individual citizens said, I don't really care about the laws, you know, uh, I don't care about speed limits, I don't care, I'm I'm just going to kind of do what I want to do because I feel like doing it. What would you have? Chaos. Absolute chaos. Am I right? Well, that's what's happening in denominations. This story in front of me is the United Methodists. Now, I realize that there are some wonderful, Bible-believing, God-honoring, Christ-loving United Methodists. But I'm telling you, folks, the denomination is, I think, beyond redemption. The organization, the denomination. Because you have people all over who don't care Number one, and most importantly, they don't care what the Bible says. They don't care what God says. Who cares what God says? I'm going to do what I want to do. And they don't care what their denomination says. Can I give you proof? Here's the headline today. UMC, that's United Methodist Church, UMC body elects openly gay bishop in defiance of denominations' rules. Here's the story. 
a regional body of the United Methodist Church has voted, this is not just one or two, a regional body of the United Methodist Church has voted to promote a man in a same-sex marriage to the office of bishop. We're not talking about a local pastor of a single congregation. We're talking about a bishop. A regional body, the United Methodist Church, has voted to promote a man in a same-sex marriage to the office of bishop, despite denominational rules prohibiting such a move. Okay, now for me, the denominational rules are important, and if, you're, if, you're, if you have no desire to keep the denominational rules, then get out of the denomination. Stop pretending you're a United Methodist if you don't care about what the United Methodists believe. They have rules. They have regulations, as anyone should. They have a statement of faith. If you don't agree with it, get out. <sighs> At their official meeting last week, the UMC Western Jurisdiction voted to make the Reverend Cedric D. Bridgeforth of the California Pacific Conference, not specific, Pacific, the California Pacific Conference, a bishop. Bridgeforth, who has served as the California Pacific Conference's Director of Innovation, and communication became the first openly gay African-American bishop in the United Methodist Church. Western jurisdiction delegates elected Bridgeforth on the 18th ballot. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, during remarks made shortly after being elected, Bridgeforth told those gathered at the Western jurisdiction meeting that he was Grateful to God Almighty and to my husband, Christopher. He went on, It's in the church where I found purpose. Even when I felt like it was chewing me up and spitting me out, I still couldn't let it go. It wasn't about the institution. It wasn't about its rules or its regulations. It was about the call of God upon my life to be bigger, to be better, to open doors where possible, and to chart new ground where we have to. Nothing about Scripture, nothing about the Bible. And by the way, he said he's been called of God into a same-sex marriage. Uh, Excuse me? God does not contradict himself. Have you read Romans chapter 1 lately? Uh my wife and I are going through the New Testament in the evenings, and we read Romans chapter 1 just a couple of nights ago. And we both looked at each other after reading Romans chapter 1, and we just looked at each other and said, how do you misunderstand that? How is it possible to misinterpret that, that God gives his okay to same-sex relationships? How in the world? Do you twist Scripture into a pretzel enough? I mean, you have got to be a gymnast to twist and turn Scripture, particularly Romans chapter 1, 
<sighs> anyway, okay. If you are convinced that same-sex marriage is okay, I'm sorry. You are disagreeing with God himself and his word. It's not me. And again, please read Romans chapter 1. Don't yell at me. Read Romans chapter 1, and then you argue with God about it, okay? But beyond that, even if you twist and pervert Scripture to condone what God has condemned, if you can somehow pervert Scripture enough to believe this, your denomination has rules regulations, they have a book of discipline, and if you don't like it, why are you there? There are several denominations that no longer have any restrictions about same-sex relationships. Go join one of them. Like I said, imagine a sports team where the individuals say, eh, we, we don't care about the rules. We're just going to do what we feel like doing. Out of bounds? Eh, not for me. <clears throat> Only four downs in football? Now I need about six. So I know the rule book says four downs, but I, re- I really like six. You would have... Complete chaos. And that's what's happened in every single mainline Protestant denomination. Without exception, every one of them are in complete chaos. Why? Because they've abandoned the rule book. They have said, the rules, the standards don't apply to me. I'll do what I want to do. And the result? Chaos and obviously the loss of God's blessing. Hang on. When we come back, I'm going to share some really important things with you. I hope you can stick with me. 